You are listening to episode four of the Take the Reins podcast with Nikki Porter. Welcome, and thanks for stopping by. You're listening to Take the Reins, a weekly personal growth podcast for horse owners. If you're invested in becoming the best version of yourself in all your relationships, both human and equine, this is the spot for you. Through our conversations, you will learn how to become a stronger communicator, leader, and deepen the connection you crave both in and out of the arena. Horses have an awful lot to teach us, yet very little of it actually has to do with horses. They reflect back to you who you are emotionally, physically, and energetically. They are a mirror to your soul, and it is time to take an honest look at who you are and who you want to become. I can't wait to connect with you, so here we go. Hello everyone, this interview is so good. You're going to love my guest and the wonderful insights she has to share with us. I am happy to bring to you an interview with Kaylin Schaefer, founder of The Dream Trail. Hello Kaylin, welcome to Take the Reins. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited for my listeners to hear your insights. When we spoke for the first time on the phone, I left the conversation feeling energized and connected. It was fantastic speaking with you then, and I hope my listeners today will feel the same way after today's conversation. First, tell us, where are you speaking to us from? Hi, Nikki. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I am coming from Enumclaw, Washington. Okay. Can you say that again, just a little bit slower? (laughs) Yeah, it's Enumclaw. Um, Enum and claw like a bear. Yep, we're at the foothills of Mount Rainier. It's a really beautiful area, um, really majestic. Awesome. Kaylin, I had a conversation uh, just last week with Warwick Schiller, and I find it really interesting that the both of you began your own personal growth journey as a result of working with a horse that did not quite respond to your typical ways of working with horses, and then you had to search outside of the box. So can you tell us, how did your horse steal change things for you in particular? Oh gosh, that is interesting. How cool. Um, yeah, this the horse that I have now, um, I've had many horses throughout my life, but what he's really changed for me is the fact that with horses, I think it's easy and in life to show up one way without really acknowledging or even recognizing the deeper felt sense of how we are if we really listen to the layer underneath the layer that we're showing up with, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So kind of like the whole, you know, you can show up with a horse and you can kind of fake it till you make it, like kind of pre- pretend like, you know, you're brave despite kind of ignoring maybe a deeper uneasiness or something, um, mm. for example. So with this horse, if I don't acknowledge the deeper feeling underneath, even if it has nothing to do with really what he and I are doing, if I'm not more aware of where I'm at in my own energy, um, it makes working with him and connecting with him more challenging and frankly, like not as fulfilling and not as enjoyable. So he's really helped me go deeper into, into myself. Interesting. Do you know what prompted you to come to that conclusion? I don't know if that's, that's how maybe I should say it, but how did you know that you needed to change the way that you're working with him in order for things to work better? Um, actually I have a pretty, it, it was one day in particular and I can tell a story. I feel like sometimes stories say, you know, we connect so much through story, but mm-hmm. it was one day when I had first gotten him and I showed up to, to, at the, at the farm that he lives at, not too far from my house. I, I get to the barn and to go catch him. And 
I was going to take them on a trail ride. I had my best friend and another girlfriend. They were coming with their truck and trailer going to pick us up when we were all going to go on a trail ride. It was about this time of year. It was fall, kind of moving into winter. And um, I was kind of in a hurry. Well, I was in a hurry. And it was starting to rain. And I was a little grouchy. And I couldn't catch him, which is was not the norm for me. I don't think I had ever not been able to catch a horse like in my life. Hmm. And, um, and so I really could not catch this horse and, you know, so much shame and embarrassment. And it really like impacted me as a, as a person, like going, who do I think I am? If I, as a horse person, if I can't even catch my own horse, like, what does that say about me? And I just went into this, Brene Brown talks about the shame spiral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I went into a pretty quick one. Um, and so I was like, well, I'm just going to have to tell my friends when they get here that we're not going on a trail ride. And I was so disappointed because I was really looking forward to spending this time with my friends and with horses. And I don't know why, but it just, I sat down and is in his pasture and as he's running around um, and really just acknowledged that and acknowledged to myself like how badly I wanted to go and how disappointed I was and I just sat down and I started to cry (laughs) and he's still running around in circles around me and I put my head down I was wearing a brimmed hat and cowboy hat and put my head down (laughs) I'm really feeling sorry for myself and uh, and I just started to connect to his energy and his whirlwind that he had kind of started to create of running around and just started to talk to him and said, you know, this is really what I'm hoping, talking to him in my mind, mind mm-hmm. you, you know, those conversations we have, not verbally out loud. Um, I had my eyes closed because obviously I was crying and, and I just said to him, I'm like, this is what I want. I think it could be so much fun. And I started picturing where we were going in my mind. And I said to him, I'm like, hey, if you want to go too, like, I really want you to come. I think this would be really great for us. But you have to give me a sign. You have to show me a sign that you want to come on this ride. And I didn't even hear him amidst all of this. But I had my hat down. And at this point, it's really raining. And he came right in front of me. I was just, you know, crisscross applesauce on the, in the dirt. Um, and he came in front of me and knocked the hat, the brim on my hat and knocked my hat off. Hmm. It was standing right in front of me and looked at me. And then I, I just put the halter on him and away we went. So and we had a great day. I, I think that every horse owner can probably resonate with the story of going mm-hmm. out and not being able to catch your horse and having all of the intention of this gonna you know you're gonna go for this ride and you know whether it's gonna be great or not you might go out there and be like oh i'm like the dread of going for the ride whatever it might be but sometimes we think we have a positive energy mm-hmm. about us and and the horse is like you can't fake that with me right now and i yep. i love that that you, you really spoke about how, how you were able to go inward. So I have a similar story, only it went completely the opposite, where I just continued to run around in the rain, cursing and swearing. <laughs> and and yeah. being like, you stupid horse, why can't? And this was, you know, this was a few years ago when, when yeah. uh, I was maybe a little less in tune with myself, but um, I wasn't able to really tone back my my energy and and have her say okay yeah yeah I'll go come along for you for the ride with you she was like nope we're not going for a ride together yeah um and I really think that that all of us know what that feeling is like but just sitting down and and that like the picture of you surrendering to Mm -hmm. the situation and just saying okay like and inviting him saying you know if you're, if you're, if you're willing, um, it's Mm -hmm. a beautiful picture. Yeah. And it really shaped, thank you. It really shaped or reshaped our, our relationship and our dynamic and Mm -hmm. taught me so much about that feeling underneath the feeling 
mm-hmm. and how really being honest with ourselves is all the horses are asking for. They're not asking for us to be perfect. They're not asking for us to know everything. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're truly just asking for, for the connection and to know. And, and I think from, from then on out, I, I'm so much more clear and specific with him. Mm-hmm. And I, and I do, I, I talk to him more than I ever imagined I would connect on in that way with a horse. Um, but for whatever reason, especially with him, it really does work. And I've done some really cool things now with this horse and we've gone to some pretty awesome places. And um, as long as I give him a heads up of what we're doing, you know, we were good and mm-hmm. it has nothing to do. I don't lean on any other like practical horse training tools. Like I, I used to, I it really just tell him like what we're doing and, and it works. So interesting. You know, so, I'm not saying that's like always that, you know, the end all and be all, but, um, I really have enjoyed that process with him. That it, yeah, it sounds, uh, it sounds like you were able to use the situation just to become more present with him, um, and oh, with, yeah. with yourself as you began mm-hmm. to, um, interact with him from a different perspective. You wrote that, when you realized the power of thought and conversation with horses, that that was when you started to move through the world more like them. So first in an energetic sense, secondly, in a physical, and then thirdly, in mental. Uh, You also said that not just words, but how they respond to the energy and the intention behind what you're saying, thinking, and feeling, and how that can then be used to um, partner up with them. But You also then went on to say that when you began transferring that concept to your day-to-day life, that it helped your other relationships, especially parenting your son. Can you explain that? Well, just like, absolutely. Just, just like the horses, I think kids um, show up first without the language, especially when they're littler, because they don't have it, obviously. And then it's growing, but as much as the horses are craving it, I think our our children and our partners and just our other human relationships, we're all craving presence and we're, we're craving a true connection. And that absolutely starts with how you feel when you're just doing something, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's made me more, more present with, with my son, Caden. And, and I think he would, would agree that you know it's given us more space for for play and for fun and silliness and just mm-hmm. to be I, I know I already said it but truly be more more present and acknowledge like this is where we are and with him too I I think with the horses it taught me to be more how vulnerability and being more transparent mm-hmm. is really, really important. And I think our children benefit so much from the same as our horses. When we actually show up in our truth, mm-hmm. that's what they're, they're looking for. That's what they want to know. Mm-hmm. They're not expect our children aren't expecting us to be perfect. Just the way, just the way the horses aren't expecting us to be perfect, yeah. but they are, they are expecting and craving and wanting the depth of the connection. And that's, that's how it carries over for me is it's gone to next level deep. And I already thought I was a pretty deep connected person. And it's just, it's gone even deeper. That's incredible. I find parenting, like, you know, we work with horses a lot and we work with helping people communicate with their horses. And, you know, my husband and I only have one child. Um, and so we kind of say like, well, we're not professional parents by any means, but at the same time, the communication that we have with our horses can also be very much reflected in our parenting. So boundaries, uh, energy and, and then not faking it. Right. So if you think of, of the feeling that your, your child would get, if you're saying to them, I'm fine, 
-hmm. you know, mommy's fine. Mommy's, mommy's okay, but they can see and feel that it's completely opposite. So then how, you know, how is that teaching them how to communicate authentically how they're feeling if continually we're saying one thing, but then energetically and physically we're presenting something else. And it's very similar with when we're working with horses. Can you talk just a little bit about the connection between the boundaries that we learn with horses and the boundaries that we can then uh, transfer into different areas in our life? Yeah. Well, I think the boundaries, the boundary that's coming to my mind right now is, is that boundary that first and foremost, you have to put in place with yourself in that boundary being, am I going to show up authentically? Am I going to let myself brush over, brush aside what's really the deeper, my deeper truth? And I think when we allow ourselves or give ourselves that permission to do that, that in and of itself is a boundary that we're setting. And then we're also then transferring that expectation. Um, Maybe expectations a little bit like, harsh, but like we're transferring that feeling and that, that state of being, Mm -hmm. we're transferring that to our, to our children, like, and our horses that we're teaching them that and we're showing it and we're mirroring it for each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it it starts. And then, you know, I notice with, um, with horses and people, especially let's say someone has a a boundary where they really want to say no to something but they're always saying yes. Mm-hmm. That deviates from, that takes away from your actual truth. And then people and horses start to not know what to expect from someone that does that. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're not being authentic, even if, mm-hmm. but you think you're doing the right thing, you think you're like people pleasing, that's such a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, when truly all we really want is what's underneath that. And that's the the truth and and the authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I think we could probably talk about that specifically all day. Um, Yeah. That's a big one. (laughs) It really is. But I want to ask this question because um, I think this is really what it all comes down to. Um, What does your energy have to do with horsemanship? Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, for me, everything, um, like I said, when I had written earlier, it's just energy is, is the first and foremost thing that is the thread that ties all of us together. And my son actually reminded me recently that like, maybe I need to define the way I speak about energy a little bit more because I think it has a different meaning to different people. Mm-hmm. Um, cause obviously there's energy that powers our light bulbs and there's, um, you know, that kind of more practical sense of energy, hydroelectric energy or whatnot. But the energy that I'm talking about is that quality of life that we can't quite put our finger on. We can't see it. We can't capture it. We can't put it in a bottle and sell it, Mm -hmm. but it is the very thing that is the thread that connects literally everything it's what makes the oceans ebb and flow and Mm -hmm. and and move and it's what brings the sun up and and sundown and the moon and how we're just rotating through this universe you know that energy i love the idea of um the energy the the thing that's beating our hearts Mm -hmm. Um, of course a hummingbird just flew by my my window. Um, (laughs) you know, that, that's the energy that I'm talking about. The thing that when you tap into really, you know, cool energy, kind of that magical energy, that spark, it's when you get chills, when you hear a story or, Mm -hmm. you know, you get your little spidey senses and you have that little sixth sense, that intuition, Mm -hmm. um, makes the hair on the back of your neck kind of stand up Mm -hmm. to me that that's the energy I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you and I have talked about the HeartMath Institute. Yeah. So it's, it's this organization out of um, California, I believe, that also has a device that I can't believe you have. It's so cool. Um, we'll talk more about that. But, 
you know, how horses can um, sense our heartbeats and then sync their heartbeats to a human's heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You know, that to me is, is how, what we ought to be aware of first and foremost, and then everything else follows it. Interesting that you just so, said that because I, as yeah. you said, I don't even remember what exactly just prompted it. And I just had this, this feeling of like, why didn't I learn that sooner? <laughs> I right? Know. Like, I think is, that all the time. Right. How is it mm-hmm. that I've owned horses since I was seven years old yep. and I was probably 32 or 33 before I learned that my horse's heart rate will sync up to my own at a certain distance. Yeah. It's so cool. And I feel like we know it as little girls. mm -hmm. And I think that's especially why kids, well, I think all kids know this and I've actually gone and taught at my son's class. I've taught this very thing to his class and it's um, so much fun to do. So I'm kind of on a, a bit of a mission. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to see where it takes me, but to make this more of a, a common, a common thing and take mm-hmm. the, maybe the esotericness out of it, even though I love that stuff and I love like the spiritual side of things too, but to mm-hmm. make, bring it more practical so it can be something that everyone can use because I don't, no matter who it is, I don't care what religion, I don't care what background, everyone has a story or has an ex- a life experience that they get it, they know what you're talking about, and they have a connection to it because it's real. Mm-hmm. Energy is is real. You can't you can't pretend that it's not. Um, I think it's scary to some people because it's um, because you can't see it and it's not something you can prove. You know, science is trying to prove it right now, and, mm-hmm. and there's some great stuff coming out of like the HeartMath Institute and other resources we can talk about later but um when it gets when it comes down to me down to it for me it's just really simple and I think as a child kids know it and they let it be really simple and they let it be really fun and playful because it Mm -hmm. is um and then we kind of get it a little bit like knocked out of us as you know we gotta get real in the world or whatever which you know (laughs) but kind of sad and unfortunate. But now then I think as adults, like you and I, we're coming back around to it. We're coming mm-hmm. back to that truth that we, we really already knew. We just lost it along the way. Yeah. It's, it's so true because I, I believe I had um, someone tell me uh, when I think Blake was probably only three years old, that she had a knowing about her and that it was going mm. to be up to me whether I embraced that and allowed her to continue mm. or whether, mm. and she said, just a heads up, this is, you're not right or wrong in any direction. Um, you can either continue to allow that to, to grow and you can foster yeah. it or you can, mm-hmm. you can intentionally shut that down and she will come mm-hmm. back to it later in life when she's ready. Um, wow. But it was, I have chills. Just yeah, it was a really cool conversation, but mm. something else, I'm going to tell a little story and it has to do with my daughter. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to talk a little bit about the heart math again, because I think that you're probably only the third person that I've had a conversation with about the heart math, but it continually comes up with you. And it's very interesting because I actually learned about heart math while I was in Washington state and I've only ever been there once before in my life. And it wasn't very far from where you grew up from what I understand. So it's very, very Such a small world. Yeah. Very small world. Heart math kind of, you know, explains how our heart has a fo- is a form of intelligence the same as our brain and that often, you know, we think of the, the brain as being the powerhouse of our intellect and science is proving that our heart is actually just as intelligent as our brain, if not more so. And mm-hmm. so when I was introduced to heart math, it was, it was actually kind of a cool little situation where I wasn't planning on going on this trip. And a friend of mine said, Oh, well, I'm, I'm going here next. I'm pretty sure it was like next week. It was a very short oh timeline. And oh I said to my husband, like, I, I think I need to go on this trip. 
And he was like, well, yeah, okay, no problem. So it had a practical side to it. It was for a, a trail judging clinic. But at the same time, I could do things that I'm doing now without it. Uh, it just felt like I needed to be there. So anyway, hop on a plane, off we go. And when I get there, there's a woman there and she's from Australia and she was there as a student and was supposed to leave already, but ended up actually staying and deciding she would do this clinic. And we were only speaking for probably like 10 minutes and she looked at me and she said, oh my gosh, I have to share something with you. You can't leave this weekend until I share this with you. And I'm like, okay, I still had no idea what she was talking about. And I think it was 10 minutes before we left. So two days later, and we only have 10 minutes left. And she said, oh, you have to sit down and have this conversation with me. Like you have to see this. And she brings out uh -huh. this little device and she starts talking about heart math. Mm -hmm. So she hooks it up and and she asked me if I had any sort of, of meditation practice of my own. And we were in a room full of people who are quite loud and the TV was going, there was mm. a football game on. So it was like probably one of the harder situations to really like hone in on how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. So she had me, she talked me through like, I want you to think about your daughter and I want you to think of things you're grateful for. And you could see my, the rhythm of my heart changing with the thoughts that I was thinking. So um, mm. I will do a, an episode eventually on heart math um, yeah. specifically because it'll yeah. like, I'll talk about coherence and what that means and what that does mm -hmm. for us. But I think the most important thing is that when I came home, I immediately went online and found the device and bought the device and bought the, the course that goes along with it or the training that goes with it. And this one night I'm sitting at home and I had just finished going through the training um, that particular night. And I lay down with my daughter every night and she's six years old now. We're just getting out of it, but uh, it's, a, mm. it's a little bit bittersweet for us. Yeah, uh, but I know this, that feeling. This one particular night, I went in to lay down with her. And above her bed, we have these battery-operated um, dollar store quality Christmas lights that had died uh -huh. a long time prior to. So they hadn't turned on in a long time, but they were set, set to the on button. So we're laying there and I, she said, mommy, I love you. And I looked at her and I said, I love you too. And it was one of those moments where like, it was the most genuine feeling of mm -hmm. love that I probably had ever experienced. And right as it happened, those Christmas lights turned on and they stayed on oh for probably gosh. 15 seconds and then they turned off and then they flashed oh. back on for like three seconds and then they turned off and they've never turned back on since. Um, <laughs> and I kept oh, it, wow. I, I intentionally kept the switch to on and yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I wonder if it'll ever happen again. But it was just one mm. of those moments where you could tell that both of us had that same energy at the exact yeah. same time. And I had just been reading about the, the science about the energy of our heart and about our emotions. And then this happened. So, you know, prior to this, mm -hmm. was I a hundred percent believer in, you know, all things energy and all things that, you know, connected us to whether it be universe or, or each other, our horses, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. I might not have been a hundred percent, but when those Christmas lights came on, <laughs> she looks at me and she's like, oh. did those lights just turn on? I was like, oh my gosh. Yes. So cool. And it's very good that I had a witness because had I come yeah. out of her bedroom and said that to her dad, he would have been like, are you, are you losing it right now? Right. She thought too. So it was, it was really helpful. Oh, I love those stories and I feel like I have things like that that have happened to me as well. And the more it happens, um, like the more I just want it to happen more and more. And, and I've kind of, um, in a sense, really didn't expect it, but I've really devoted my life to how can I harness that and be tapped into that kind of magic and that kind of energy and have that stuff happen to me all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's for me becoming this really daily practice. And I, I talk about the energy and I talk, but for me, it's, it's that magic. And that's what we're here to experience. And when we let ourselves open up to it and we don't discredit it by overthinking it. And when we just feel into the truth of that moment, you knew it was true. 
you knew that you you two and that connection and that love that profound love that has no words that can describe it like you knew that was your truth and it's that is just such a beautiful story and I hope that your listeners just take that as a reminder to then open up so all of those little magical moments can can flow into their lives because they will they absolutely they do when we allow ourselves and we give ourselves enough space for it to happen mm-hmm. um, one thing and, that you that you do yeah. is you actually create that space for people mm-hmm. with the work that you do so can you tell me how can people connect to their horses and understand more of what they're feeling and experiencing yeah that's one of my favorite things to do now especially with this horse that I have steel that we talked about because you know just like when we were little girls and we had that really fun connection for whatever reason myself included like we lost it along the way and so I've been more intentional about what it takes to to tap back into that with with horses and with my horse in particular and one of the things that I love to teach is really comes down to it's it's so simple which is silly um it's just presence um running energy through your body so a lot of times it'll have someone do with their horses and it's such an easy step to skip especially if we're in the horse world and we're trying you know we're training and we're preparing for a show or we're preparing for you know some sort of competition and we're practicing something and and it gets really practical in that sense. It's easy to just skip right to, you know, getting your horse, getting tucked up, getting mm-hmm. on, all that stuff. But if we think about how we were with our horses when we were really young, um, what did we do? We sat in their stalls and watched them eat hay. Mm-hmm. You know, I slept in my horse trailer <laughs> in the barn because I wanted to be close to my horse. And so when we let ourselves create that space, so all oftentimes just take a chair with myself or with someone I'm working with, person that comes out to the farm to experience this with Steele and I, we we just get really present. And then, so I, I'd love for people to have some practical tips so they can go try it with their horse. But, you know, with your horse loose, maybe in a, a big, bigger stall, not in a confining space, but somewhere where you feel open and free and, you know, paddock or their pasture, just go and truly spend time with them. And, oh, another tip, I would also start with, I have to bring this up with people with their own horses, is to not make it about treats. Like if you're a horse person that, or horse owner that carries like Mm -hmm. treats in your pockets, and that's how you connect your horse first and foremost, I would forego that for a while. Um, Let that come around later, but really make the, the true treat, the true thing that the horses want is that connection with us and our hearts. Mm-hmm. and our souls and just being present just like our kids so mm-hmm. forgo the treats don't make it about like your horse hunting through your pockets but just let your presence be enough and see what happens and your horse can come over I like to stand and ground my energy and really tune into my horse's energy the energy of maybe the wind of the sun the trees if there's trees around me and then run energy from like the top of my head down through my feet and kind of back up again. I'll do that a few times. And then I really love to teach people how to ground their energy, like kind of ground your boots down into the dirt and do like a power stance where you are really feeling into every part of your body. And if there's any part of like, you know, stuff might come up when this is taking place. And it's really cool to watch someone like I'm breathing right now because um, this is when people become aware of the stuff and that Mm -hmm. sometimes can be a little interesting but to not make it mean anything Mm -hmm. um, to just let it be and we don't do that with ourselves very often Mm -hmm. um, to just go oh you know what okay that's fine oh I I noticed that I felt that okay just let it be continue being present with the energy and being present with your own energy. And then what's really fun is to watch the horses. And it's happened to me, I don't know, hundreds of times now with all sorts of different horses. When we get really present with ourselves, they are the best way I could describe it is like magnetized to it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, when we get into that meditative space, it is a very meditative type of thing. You know, they, they love it. They want to soak it in it because mm-hmm. that is us shedding the layers of the weight of the world that we tend to carry around with us too, right? We start to, to let those things down and then they oftentimes want to be closer to that. And then at that point, what I love to do is I like to stand next to my horse's shoulder where I feel like the most connected to them and comfortable and it's pretty close to their hearts too because their hearts are kind of in their um kind of in that barely part of their big chest if you don't know where it is look you know look it up so you can kind of get a sense of where your horse's heart is and then I like to put my hand on their shoulder on their neck but not like in a petting way but just in a really still present way Mm -hmm. and just soak in each other's presence and mm-hmm. soak in each other's okayness. So and that's it's interesting like that with. you you kind of said like it's a, a meditative state. So it's it, mm-hmm. in my interview with Warwick, he you know he brought up meditation, and you could tell he felt like he had to defend that meditation isn't just for people who you know are are drinking herbal teas and and <laughs> yeah don't, you know, and are, are vegetarians or, you know what I like? Not, yeah. I'm not saying that as, as, as an insult to anyone, but you could tell that he had a, a image of what people believe meditation is about or what you mm. have to be, what do you have to believe in order for meditation to be something for you? And so, you know, he, he kind of brought up a story about military and how it works in the military and or I think it was Navy SEALs and and we kind of laughed and said well I guess that that's what makes it if, it, if they can do it then it's cool so so we can do it too uh, um yeah but permission I, <laughs> right right yeah. but I think I think for our listeners it's you know if meditation is something that you have never dabbled in you haven't really looked into it it's definitely an it word right now Um, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody's all about meditation, but are they really? Yeah. And so our horses really can be a tool for us. So you don't have to go and buy the meditation cushion and Mm -mm. set up the corner in your, in your home and kick everybody out of the house and say, Mm -mm. okay, I'm going to meditate for the next three minutes. So everybody, everything has to be silent. You can use your horse as a tool to be able to, to be able to, almost you're like meditating on your own terms and there it's, it's a, in my mind, kind of a form of guided meditation. They're the guide versus having someone speaking to you in your ear and talking you through things. You did say at one point that you want them just to be. And I think this really is, it's really a lesson for people to be able to connect to just being because a mm-hmm. lot of times we're trying to think our way through so many situations that mm-hmm. we're so unfamiliar with mm-hmm. just being and feeling that mm-hmm. we think that that it's I don't know if uncomfortable is the word but it might be yeah it can be for a lot of people it's it's not a just what I've noticed with the people that I've had the privilege to do this work with you know, it's not an opportunity that a lot of people give themselves, especially if if someone's really living in that fast paced hustle and bustle, um, hustle for your worthiness kind of mm-hmm. state of um, where we are in the world. And it's interesting that, um, I think I told you this before, but a lot of folks that come out and, and meet Steel, whether it's a horse person or a, not a horse person, he and I have done this enough with enough people now that, you know, a lot of people go, They'll just say to me, we just get to the, just get to the bar and we just, I'm just introducing Steele and, and he just has this way about him. And it's so, I, I kind of know what he's doing too. I, like we're on to each other and uh, it's really interesting, but a lot of people um, just start crying mm-hmm. and, you know, so much uh, wells up in them that then it just kind of escapes out in tears and, mm-hmm. And it's really beautiful to witness because for a lot of people, it's the first time they've really given themselves a chance to just stop and feel. And he and I together just hold that space for that process to happen. Mm -hmm. And really nothing else has to 
transpire after that. I mean, it's just like just letting those true feelings be the thing that come to the forefront. And my sense is, and the more I, I go down into the work that I do and cultivating my own practice with it and cultivating my own beliefs and following my guide, my guidance system, along with the help of steel, you know, horses really, this is what they're craving and what they're here really to teach us and to remind us of. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for the most part, these, most of these horses, just like people and dogs and other animals, you know, each horse is individual. But I think there are a lot of horses right now walking this, this earth that have it, they're on a specific mission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they know what they're doing in partnering with people. Um, horses have been in partnership with humans. I mean, where would we be without horses? Mm-hmm. And I, I think even though we don't use the horses um, like our ancestors did in order to actually plow fields and build houses and, you know, with industrial mm-hmm. revolution, you know, machines taking horses' place, they are still as necessary, I think, mm-hmm. as they were back then, because they're taking us to the next level of our evolution is, is my yeah. sense. And I, I'm not the only one with this belief no. about horses. And, but I'm just starting to be more um, aware of what's happening. And I'm also not second guessing or thinking that it's as woo-woo or esoteric or out there that... Mm-hmm. Horses absolutely have very specific messages for us. And when we're still enough, um, I've, you know, I've had a lot of people have their own experiences um, and their own insights that come that they, a lot of people feel like they, they hear direct things from steel um, mm-hmm. that he shares. Uh, you know, so it's really cool for me that I'm just, I'm just the conduit. I'm just the, I'm just mm-hmm. putting all the pieces together, but it's not coming from me telling someone else this is how it is. It's giving them an opportunity to have that direct experience for themselves and to get those messages that whatever they are that they, that they need. And yeah. I think it's really cool that he shows up and does it specifically. And then, <laughs> and then he kind of just is done. And I, I, sometimes I just chuckle because I can kind of like, I can sometimes sense he's like, well, my work is done here. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> it's like, Oh, you cheeky horse. <laughs> and I, I love that this is something that can be spoken about more now because I mean, horses yeah. have, and I'll kind of jump around for a second. So when, when you were talking about horses being part of our history for as long as they have, really they were essential for survival. And yeah. in my mind, they are still just as much essential for our survival. And maybe now mm-hmm. even more so than before, because I think when when I ha- and originally had the idea for this podcast, I I got this feeling of kind of an overpowering, like this is what this is what needs to happen. Um, there wasn't you know there wasn't any real situation. I was driving down the road and it it popped into my head and and then things have started to kind of align around Mm -hmm. me saying, okay, this is what I would love to teach is that, um, you know, what, what they can teach us is going to be the thing. I think this sounds a little, a little, I think woo woo is the word, but it is the (laughs) thing that's going to, to be what allows our humanity to, to survive because so here's, here's one story for you. Um, I was at a, uh, it wasn't a conference. It was more of a speaking event, I guess it would be, where Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of yeah. uh, Big Magic and Eat, Pray, Love mm-hmm. was speaking. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because, and I'm pretty sure you can probably understand this, but once you get into this mindset, you can connect anything to horsemanship um, yeah. and, <laughs> and personal growth, like everything, yep. everything aligns. But <laughs> she's speaking and she said, um, she actually did use use an example of her dynamics in her talk as well, which was very odd to me. But she was talking about how she enjoys the the shift right now that's happened mm-hmm. around women. And so like there's mm-hmm. a big push for women to be strong and empowered and and powerful. 
And she said mm-hmm. she she embraces all of those those terms, but at the same time, she believes in order for there to be a true revolution that's led by women, it's going to be led by women described by a word that is very, very rarely used to describe a woman in particular. And that word was relaxed. And I think that just defines what is going to going to be able to shape a new energy in our world from this chaotic energy that our world is kind of engrossed in right now to Mm -hmm. one where people have less stress, less anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really tapping into how do you become relaxed and still live Mm -hmm. in your daily life, still, still have enough care to do the things that need to be done, but that you can do it from a state of, of being relaxed. And I think that, that working with horses is the epitome of learning to be able to do and be relaxed at the same time, because without mm-hmm. feeling relaxed and being able to do something at the same time, you don't get to achieve that, ex- that, that connection that you were discussing yeah. um, with yeah. your horse. Because if you're only thinking of doing and you're really thinking about it, then, then you can't feel your way to the result. Through it. If, if that yeah. makes sense. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've, I've heard her talk about this recently and I think I would take it a step further because relaxed to me isn't quite it, but I know exactly what she's talking about. And I, I feel like I'm on the, I'm on the same, <laughs> we're on the same mission. Mm-hmm. Um, she and I, to me, the state that I'm really hoping to see everyone really shift into and I do think it's going to be female led mm-hmm. um and it, it is it's happening but um I would say instead of relaxed I think I would use the word um or the phrase in tune ah yeah in tune connected sensing because relaxed almost goes one way a little too far for me because there's times when we know as if especially if we're letting the horses be our our mirrors and we're letting them also be our teachers, the relaxed state is a little too far one way because mm-hmm. relax is a little too lackadaisical for horses sometimes because mm-hmm. they still have that fight or flight instinct, right? They still have those instincts that kick in. But I think in tune mm-hmm. is where the sweet spot's really going to be so that we can you know, show up in our worlds fully present, fully like not masking over or pretending or, you know, masquerading. We all know that feeling of when we're kind of trying to not be authentic or Mm -hmm. or, um, I'm stumbling over my words just a little bit, but I think I said what I, what I want to say is just shifting from relaxed to in tune or maybe whatever it is, that state of being for you and and the listeners to create and know what that is for yourself. Because I'm at this place where I want to be soul led, like I'm really intentionally learning to move through my world and my life, letting my soul lead the way from Mm -hmm. the inside out, because this whole external, you know, way of being from the outside in that a lot of people move through the world in, in that sense, will never be as powerful or as magical or as in tune as when we go from the inside out. Do you think that it really comes down to trusting? So I'm, you know, Mm. like Mm -hmm. trusting yourself, trusting the, the knowing that you have inside, you know, oftentimes when I'm working with people and their horses, they'll say like, am I doing it right? Um, So physically, are they putting themselves in the right place to get the right result? And mm-hmm. really encouraging people to understand that if you get out of your head, then mm-hmm. you start to get into the feel uh, mm-hmm. and you'll, you know, you know, when something's right and yep. when something isn't, whether you want to call it intuition or you want to call it when it comes to horses feel, or if you, if yeah. you want to call it um, just a knowing, um, yep. but yeah, I think that's I think, why I encourage people to explore this this world that we're talking about so that they can then it becomes whatever it needs to be for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I have my words for it. I have my memories of it and I know what it feels like in my body. Let's play with it until, you know, you have that feeling and you've got your words for it. 
and you know when it just clicks and you get in that sweet spot Mm -hmm. and it's so fun like I love to work with people and I'm always they don't really know what I'm doing but I'm I'm leading them and helping guide their souls to that sweet spot for them Mm -hmm. because it's going to look different than mine they're going to arrive at it differently than I've arrived at mine but the point is we all can arrive to that sweet spot for whatever it is for us. And, mm-hmm. and I love, I love it when it happens cause it's just so cool. And, and I love nothing more. I can, I can watch people that I work with and that Steele and I work with, watch them transform in literally an instant. Um, you know, their eyes are brighter. They're, they're glowing. There's, <laughs> their skin gets more vibrant and alive and and a lot of times their posture changes you know their body language is is shifting mm-hmm. and to me that's what that's what we're here for that's if we have that conversation of <laughs> the whole meaning of life thing right, right. um <laughs> it's pretty deep but that's what i like to play in and that's the space that i i just crave I think that I know a book that you're going to enjoy. Now, it isn't a book, I have to admit, that I've personally read. I can see it right now. It's sitting on my desk. It's written by a woman that I just went to a small workshop on, and she teaches empowered leadership. So she teaches Mm -hmm. predominantly women. There was not a man in the room um, when she was teaching, which was really interesting because she did ask. So she does teach men as well. But um, when we say it's being that there's something being led by women, I think there's something to that right now. Um, Mm -hmm. But her name is Anne Berube and she wrote, Be, Feel, Think, Do. And when she was speaking, I, I know for almost certain that there was no intention that any of it had to do with horses. Um, but the whole time she was speaking, everything connected seamlessly with what I teach with my horses and what I teach with my coaching and, and how um, when we get out of our head and into our body, how we're able to then lead from a different place and really with our horses and our children, mm-hmm. what else are they looking for, but an embodied leader. So a yeah. present leader that can respond and not react mm-hmm. to situations to keep them safe. Yep. It's so interesting that you say this because I haven't heard of this book. Um, I'm, I'm excited to look into it, but I wrote the trail guidebook and it's based on these four principles. I call them, um, you know, my guideposts, like, you know, the mile markers. And so for me, showing up this way in, in our life, when we do this, that's how we know we're using our inner compass and we're using our soul to lead us first. And then we can gather tools and tips and techniques along the way that influence us and help us but then they become the supporting pillars mm-hmm. instead of then the contrast of that is if you only are, are utilizing external sources, mm-hmm. you're, you don't have all the puzzle pieces for yourself. And it's fully. hard to really own that knowledge. So totally. If, That's a you great know, way like to put it. Mm-hmm. If, if um, I watched a video recently about a, a woman working with her horse and she really focused on people owning the knowledge that they, they then had mm. instead of saying, oh, I learned this from so-and-so and yeah. then I learned this piece from so-and-so, but not, not stealing people's ideas, but really having that knowing around them and being able yep. to then implement them into your own life, your own beliefs, your own way of being. It allows you to function, you know, from Oh, and the horses get it. The horses see like through it. Yeah. And when you show up first with your foundation, whatever it is in your, when you show up in that truth with a horse, man, it's a game changer. And you know Mm -hmm. that you're getting so much further, so much more quickly Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it works better. The horses are more receptive mm-hmm. and it's oftentimes way easier. Like a lot of life, right. It could be right. way easier than we're all making it, <laughs> you know, let it, can, can we let it be simple? Can we let ourselves have the foundation and know that we know, even if 
maybe that's all the proof of it that we have mm-hmm. um, in that, that creative space. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to finish off or again, yep. we'll be here all day long. Um, <laughs> we totally could be. We will be. I would love to hear two book recommendations and then we're going to finish it off. So yeah. just off the top of your head, if my listeners wanted to learn a little bit more about energy or whatever, whatever you feel like they might need right now, two book recommendations. Yeah. Well, I love giving practical tips too, right? Mm-hmm. Match the practical with the energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is, is important too. So if you're a type of person that really loves, like you want some proof, mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of people are like that, uh, the work that Dr. Joe Dispenza is doing is really great and gives a lot of people the proof that, that they're hoping for. There's mm-hmm. a lot of research going in and uh, Dr. Joe is uh, deeply connected with the HeartMath Institute. Um, and his latest book is Becoming Supernatural. Which is very interesting because within Warwick Schiller's um, book recommendations, which was lengthy, uh, <laughs> Becoming Supernatural was one of them. And I have not so read cool. it. So there's, I'm going to put a star next to that. And uh, I'm excited to, uh, oh, yeah. to look into it. I'm holding it in my hands right now. And it just, um, it gets a little like, it gets a little heady. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's kind of a lot to take in. Um, maybe if you're not familiar with the work, but just let soak into your body in mm-hmm. your mind and your heart and soul, what's meant for you and just trust that the rest of it will come when it's supposed mm-hmm. to come. Right. So that's Absolutely. more of like yes. a learning, learning one. Um, I'm really okay. enjoying that. And then the other book that has been around forever and why I hadn't read it up until this summer is beyond me, but it wasn't meant for me until more recently is women who run with the wolves, uh, myths Beautiful. and stories of the wild woman archetype. And that's Clarissa Sincola Estes. Okay. And that's really just about getting back to our innate wisdom and, and the feminine power that, that we have in, in a really natural way. So I, I think the wolves could almost be interchanged for horses. Mm-hmm. When she write, you know, the wolf is a thread throughout the book, but kind of when I'm reading it, I'm thinking mostly about horses. That's amazing. I'm excited. I'm going to pick both those up. That's my plan. Cool, and just add them. I'm going to add them to my stack of books that... I need to dive into, um, you know, when we have all that time, but, uh, right. I tend to, I tend to really gravitate towards, um, audiobooks anyway, because it really gives me a place to like go and clean the stalls and listen yeah. to the things and drive, oh, yeah. you know, drive to dance or drive to wherever I need to, no, I don't dance. My daughter's dance. I should <laughs> specify that. Um, <laughs> Hey, no, and, I think I'm getting yeah. into dancing. Dancing is another awesome way to tap into the flow. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kaylin, thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. It truly was a pleasure. And uh, so I think that the listeners have, is it three ways they could find you online? Um, I have it here. Your website is thedreamtrail.com and then both your Facebook and Instagram are the dream trail co. Is that correct? Yep. I'm kind of, um, I'm shifting into the next version. So I'll send you a couple updated links. Okay. Um, but my Instagram right now is, is my first and middle name, Kaylin.Blair. Okay. So I'd say Instagram's a good way to follow along, like with the more updated stuff. Okay. Cause websites, um, you know, have a tendency not to get updated as frequently, mm-hmm. um, but I think my website will be, I'll change the domain name to the same but the dream trail is still alive and well. And it's really been my metaphor um, for life of how we navigate through this world. And to me, it's, you know, it's like a, it's like a trail, like a trail ride. We're just navigating and getting what we need. Perfect. Well, thank you again. And I have zero doubt that we're going to talk again because um, we just need to continue these conversations. Yeah, I love them. So keep it coming. Well, we'll talk (laughs) soon. Thanks, Kaylin. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Nikki. that's it for today. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a review and share it with your friends. 
To learn more about me and what else I have on the go, skip on over to NikkiPorter.ca. Thanks again for listening, and we'll connect again next week. Until then, remember, you have the power to take the reins and live the life you've always wanted. You just have to step into the arena with an open heart and an open mind. Thank you.